Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Friday, everybody, and time to go to Brewers Outlet. That's right, Friday, Brewers Outlet time. Ah, uh, yes, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Maybe you like wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day in the pickle bar, led by the barrels of the dills, indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And not only that, six flavors of slushies. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kier, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kier, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Yes, the King will be on the final half hour with our picks. Looking forward to that. High school football tonight. Shikolimi plays its home opener tonight. As they swing back into action, looking forward to that. And uh, also, you got the Little Brown Jug tonight, Mifflinburg and Lewisburg playing against each other tonight. Seals Grove looks to make it two in a row. That's all coming up this evening. And for Penn State football, transition time, getting closer to transitioning into that full preseason workout, or I think it's, I think full pads September 30th, like full pads September 30th, and go from there. They're scheduled to practice again this afternoon. They did practice yesterday. All right, Kirk Shirak is the new offensive coordinator quarterback coach. Yesterday, I had an opportunity to talk with him. Kirk, welcome. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Steve. Super excited and uh, to be here, that's for sure. I mean, it, it, let's face it, the dynamics obviously have changed after what was announced on Wednesday. So let's, uh, I want to get to that. Just putting uh, where you're going to go into uh, and talk to your players you know, whether it's the quarterbacks or the offense, whatever it may be, now with a date and a purpose in mind, what can that mean for the psyche of the players? Well, I, I, Steve, I think just natural. Like, uh, I've been doing this a long time, and uh, I'm I'm really excited, right? So I, I think the excitement level will pick up a little bit. But at the same time, Steve, you know, and again, it's a credit to the culture of this program and the leadership that we have. 
Like I've been absolutely blown away with the the way they've come out and gone about their business with all this uncertainty about whether they were going to even get a chance to play, whether it mattered. You know, it, when, once we got out on that field here in in September, when we were able to do some things again with the players, I, I just was, you know, amazed at their focus and intensity and concentration. I mean, the last time I even saw you, I think, it was at a winter workout in at the beginning of March before I went to do a basketball game. So you didn't have spring practice. But since then, you've had 10 walkthroughs, four preseason practices, and I think now 10 skill improvement practices along the way. It can't replace spring practice, but did it advance the offensive ball for you in putting a system in with your, your players, and how well have they taken to it? Yeah, I, I think... What we've done is, again, you know, credit coach and, and his leadership here is we've really stayed focused from the very beginning on controlling the controllables, right? And so we've been able to take each segment that we've had with our guys and, you know, and take advantage of what we can within what we are allowed to do within the constraints of what type of equipment we've been able to have on. So uh, the players have done a great job in grasping the system, I think, and you know, trying to master the details in it, and the coaches have done a great job with it. So we, I feel pretty good about where we've gotten to based on the constraints that we've had. Would we love to have had some full contact practices? Absolutely. But nobody else had it either. Nobody else had spring practice um, in the Big Ten that I know of either. So we're all working under the same type of constraints. But I've been really pleased with how we've been able to advance ourselves uh, throughout those type of situations that we've had. You've been able to have skellies, though, Kirk. So how valuable has that been to get you a better read because you've been you've been able to get skellies in even with, you know, limited pads and so forth? Yeah, that's been invaluable for us, right, for the quarterbacks to be able to take the meeting and the film study and the routes versus air and kind of apply it to a play and see how it all fits together, their drops, their eye progressions, how we want them to think about the plays. Um, I think that that part's been invaluable. and We, we saw a lot of growth um, with the quarterbacks throughout that process. So let's get to the quarterbacks, Kirk, because uh, they have to be essentially an, an extension of you on the field. Have you started to develop that kind of feel for them, or can that only come from a game? Oh, no. Um, we, we started that you know, from the very beginning, you know, is, you know, just understanding how we want to think um, about the plays and, you know, just sharing back and forth. Really, it kind of was when we first started to get together, Steve, it was more of, hey, how do you think about this play? And then I would listen to them and then I would talk about how I, I think about the play, right? Because they, we, we had to merge our thoughts together, just like you said. And so we, we started that all the way back in the wintertime uh, within our meetings. And, it, and it's a continuing dialogue with it. Um, we, we watched, we've watched Minnesota's whole season together where, uh, you know, and they're constantly asking me questions. What were you thinking here? I mean, sometimes the answer was, I really wasn't thinking anything. I just happened to call that, uh, you know, with it. But, you know, that, that type of dialogue's been ongoing, you know, and, and Sean and Will being a, a little bit older and, and a little bit more advanced, I mean, that was something that 
you know, they, they realize the importance in that, too, is of us getting on the same wavelength and both of us thinking the exact same way when we're presented with situations. So that, that's been going on for a while, and, and uh, you know, I love the progress that they're making. And, uh, you know, like it's not like they started with a blank slate, Steve. Let's be honest about that. These guys have been well coached, and, uh, you know, they had some good sound thought processes already. Right, and part of this is a merging of what your thought process is with what James Franklin's process is. So they were familiar with a lot of that to begin with. Would that be fair? Yeah, of course. You know, um, you know, the, the philosophically, Coach and I are, you know, are so much in line with how we see the game and what we believe in. That so that the process there much easier. You know, it would have been much harder if. You know, Coach and I weren't so aligned philosophically and how we see the game and how we want the game to go. Um, so there was already a head start. Uh, I want to take a moment, if it's okay with you, to talk about each of the four quarterbacks. Uh, let's start with Sean Clifford. When you now see him and work with him in practical application, what are you seeing? Uh, I'm seeing a guy who's very talented. Um, he can throw and run. Uh, he's a natural leader. Um, a guy who is extremely driven and committed to being the best player that he can possibly be. You know, his actions are constantly backing up that vision, that thought process that he has for himself. Uh, takes coaching really easily. Um, wants to be coached. Uh, you know, which is a trait that that any exceptional player, anybody that's at a very high level. You know, you always hear that about them, that they're the type of guy that wants to be coached uh, and, and wants to learn, a very quick learner. Um, you know, so that, that probably is Sean right there. Uh, just I can't say enough good things about him. Will Levis stepped in and impressed in the Ohio State game, once almost start to finish, essentially in the Rutgers game, so fans have seen him. What have you seen? Yeah, I, again, I see another guy that, and I, I don't know if I said this about Sean, but it's both of them are very intelligent young men, you know, very intelligent. Um, so, I, again, Will's a guy who's got a high-level intelligence, a lot of talent, um, a big arm. is might be as strong an arm as I've been around um, with it. Will doesn't have quite the amount of experiences that Sean has had. Uh, so, you know, he's probably he's still learning some of the things Sean might have already experienced out there uh, with it, but uh, super talented, uh, super tough guy. Um, again, a guy that can beat you with his arm and his leg. Alright, so now you mentioned still learning. Well, now let's really get to still learning. That would be Taquan Roberson. He, he was in for a few plays against Rutgers. So what would he see the potential in him, and, and what kind of growth can he experience? Yeah, Taekwon, um, having not seen him play in a live situation yet, really, that really mattered, you know, he's he's really growing, though. Um, I've seen a tremendous amount of improvement with him. Uh, he, him, his mind is starting to work a lot more, where I think that for him, you know, he's always been able to just go out there and play, and his talent has taken over, but I think he understands the value of, being able to think and process information before the snap, 
um, you know, and and first it takes to learn what you're seeing and what it means, right? So you're gaining knowledge first as a quarterback, right? Then you take that knowledge, right? And in order for that to be powerful, you know, the knowledge is only powerful if you know how to use it, right? So he has to figure out, you know, in real time, how do I use this knowledge? You know, and that's what we're really working on hard with him right now. But I, tremendous growth with him. Um, his footwork's improved a ton, and and he's really uh, done a really nice job in these practices for us from an accuracy standpoint. And he's a guy with he has talent. He's here for a reason. He has talent. And now we just got to let him grow and develop it. And of course, Micah Bowen um, is somebody that Micah Bowens is somebody that it's this is a starting point for him. <laughs> I think I think it's fair to say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Micah's. You know, it's all everything's new for him, and you know he didn't have the head start that these guys have had with learning everything. So it's it's really hard. Micah's a talented young man. It's really hard. I think it's really hard to evaluate a quarterback until you've given him enough time to learn everything and get enough repetitions that he's not still thinking on every single play when the ball snaps. Because quarterback, you got to do all your thinking before the ball snap. When the ball snaps, now you have to react. You know, um, but I'm pleased with Micah and his work ethic and the, the talent that he has. Offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Kirk Shiraka. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you and thank you for your years of patronage. Kirk Shiraka. Uh, later in the show, Ryan Snyder, Blue Ed Illustrated, will talk about the dead period of being extended in college football to the end of the year in recruiting. And the King is on today. More picks to be made today. Uh, I will say this about the Browns and Bengals very quickly before we move on. Baker Mayfield certainly gets his fair amount of criticism. But what I saw last night, Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow, you know what they do? They give their teams a fighting chance. And that was, I mean, to me, that's what I'm seeing. The Bengals now have a quarterback that gives them a fighting chance. In other words, they may not win, but they are not going to be an easy out. Same thing with Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, a quarterback. Not perfect, makes mistakes, but may not win, but they're not going to make it easy on you either. And for Cincinnati in particular, that's great progress. For Cleveland, they want to see quicker progress. Cleveland's 1-1. They won last night 35-30, but those two quarterbacks have made their franchises from easy uh, work to now not being an easy out. 
used to say that about Carson Wentz. Now your guys falling apart. Uh, this is a pretty big game for him this weekend, just to get back in the swing of things here after that debacle on Sunday. Debacle? They were just beaten by a better team with no nickname. <laughs> no. The reason why Washington lost, and this will reflect my pick later, is because of the Eagles just giving that away to them last week. They're really not that good a football team. They're a resilient team. They're a physical team. they got a good defensive front. But they're not a good team. Really? And to piggyback off your point, I would much Eight rather sa- have Joe Burrow last night than Baker Mayfield. Eight sacks later. Yeah, and half of them were his fault, as I mentioned before. He's got to learn how to throw the ball away. Now, granted, the offensive line was not in great shape last week, and they had their own issues, too. I'm not ignoring that. But Carson was responsible for half those sacks last week. The um, yeah, Joe. I was impressed by watching Joe Burrow because obviously I'm not going to sit here and tell you I watched the Chargers Bengals game last week. I mean, there are people in Cincinnati, and I know people in Los Angeles that flat out they didn't watch. The only play I saw was the missed field goal at the end. Yeah, <laughs> but. I watched Joe Burrow last night, and you know what? I was impressed by what I saw. Uh, no panic, good setup, didn't always get out of there, made a lot of really good decisions, played with a lot of confidence. Big runs, too, especially that fourth down and four run that yeah. kept them alive in the late in the sure. third quarter. No question. No question. And um, the and I, and I thought, by the way, I thought Mayfield last night played with uh, a lot of confidence, a little bit of swagger last night. That helps. It looked Mayfield played well last night. Don't let me. He did. Uh, I'll give him that. But can, do, can I see it? For consecutive weeks and well, then no. against some good teams too. Then I'll then I'll get on the Baker bagwagon. I was never well, on I'm from sa- the start. I'm saying that what Mayfield and Burrow do is they've taken woeful franchises and now you feel like they've given them a fighting chance. Oh, definitely. I mean that's that's what I'm saying. That's now of course eventually you gotta make the next step. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com, and the Friday edition. Time to stock up. Big, big party at the Suits this weekend. Huge. Did you get your invitation, Matt? I did not. Neither did I. But he's going to stock up at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. 
Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, Imports Domestics, Microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Suit's got a big party this weekend. Matt and I not invited. Yeah, what gives? Uh, it's just a huge political fundraiser. Somebody has gigantic aspirations. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> that's okay. That's why That's why CBS years ago created Point Counterpoint. That's where I come in. All right. Uh, <laughs> Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket imports domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar, led by the barrels of the dills, indeed second to none. And six great flavors of slushies. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, fabulous service department, great deals to be had. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Dead period extended in recruiting until the end of the year. With that, we bring in Ryan Snyder from Blue White Illustrated and Rivals.com. Ryan, great to have you back. Good to be on, guys. Good to uh, have a date and uh, know what we're, I guess, working towards here over the next month. I'm sure you're happy, Steve. Everybody is. Um, of course. But I think yeah. everybody will tell you, to be honest with you, because I was asked about this in an interview today. I kind of, you know, I've kind of handled things as they've gone along. I haven't been pacing back and forth or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, all right, so the dead period goes to the end of the year. You say that is logical. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know how else to put it. Um, I mean, there's a couple things behind the scenes that I don't think the average fan, and especially the average recruit and his family, understand, or at least. Maybe they understand it, but they just they don't want to hear it. I, I think I think the big thing that's kind of under the radar, I guess, is that coaches associations aren't don't want this. Uh, you know, Franklin kind of came out, and I, I was pleasantly maybe a little surprised or just just happy to see uh, him him kind of acknowledge it that you know this isn't something they want right now. And uh, I can't speak exactly for the AFCA or other coaches associations. But I'm I'm very confident in saying that I know, you know, the uh, a good size, and I would say the majority of of you know Power Five coaches don't want this right now. Uh, they understand the the pressure they're under to to not only you know get through every single day, but then of course get through the season, collect that television revenue, and and help save these athletic programs. You know, it's it's been difficult enough to to keep all your players uh, from testing positive and. Uh, you know, not having disruptions. Um, you know, if you're going to invite players in from Georgia and Virginia and all these different states, uh, you're asking for a problem. Uh, I, I wrote a column today about just kind of the, the little things that I don't think everyone understands. And, you know, another thing to add to that is I, I have a lot of fans say, well, just give them the rapid testing. You know, you got all these players using the rapid testing. Why can't you give them a test? And, and legally, I checked into it. They could do that. Sure, they can. But the thing, the thing with the testing is what makes the testing work is that they're doing it every single day to the same people. 
you know, there's still, I think it's a 97% sensitivity, which gives it a 3% margin of error. If it's a one-off situation and you, you, you look over 357 Division One schools, all the different sports, you know, you're talking about tens of thousands of recruits uh, as well as their parents, I'm not even including. So, you know, it's just, you know, with that 3% margin, and, and again, just being a one-off situation, you're not going to test them for the whole week leading up to the visit. Sure. Uh, you're going to have a problem. It, it, it's pretty much inevitable. The, the math is that somebody somewhere is going to infect, uh, you know, whether it's a baseball program down south or, you know, a top basketball program or even, a, you know, a smaller smaller program in a, in a different sport. So, you know, when you when you're the when you're the D1 council and you are, you know, overlooking all of these schools, um, you know, it, it's not about just football. It's not about, um, you know, <laughs> trying to be the bad guy. Uh, it's a it's about trying to, to to do what's best for your student athletes. You know, the people that are on campus. They, these guys didn't sign up for welcoming. Uh, you know, all these random people in from in from different states during a pandemic. I, I don't. I think I can confidently say that a lot of recruits, or excuse me, a lot of current players and their families, you know, wouldn't wouldn't really be okay with that. Um, you know, coming in the last building. And I know Franklin has already admitted that he's not. So, you know, th- there's a lot of, of other things too, though. I think the NCAA definitely has to come out and maybe be a little more vocal about where they go from here, uh, whether we have a signing period, whether we uh, disband the National Letter Intent program for a year. There's, there are ways that the NCAA can step things up. Uh, my point is just that, you know, for, this, for these next three months, to, to get this television revenue in, to get, uh, you know, where we need to be as far as the Power Five schools and, and these big-time programs, it, 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 it was an inevitable decision. And, and I think that's why you see a three-month extension and not a one-month rolling basis like we've seen all summer. But it's also the same for everybody. Because everybody is there and wrings their hands, It's this is the same for everybody. They didn't say that that period extended for Penn State. It was for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think people have to remember that as much as they wring their hands over recruiting. You're actually going to have games to see. Mm-hmm. How about that? You're actually going to get to go to games. Yes. Excited about that. Excited about college games and excited about high school games. I'm going to a high school game tonight to see Bo Pribula, uh, Penn State's 2022 quarterback. This is uh, a very interesting situation. So uh, I have to be in the stadium, or I have to be on campus around 5 and in the stadium by 5.30. Uh, there will be no parents allowed. Uh, as of Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, I was the only outside person uh, that is not an administrator at the school, uh, a referee, coach, player, cheerleader, or band. That will be allowed in this game tonight. Uh, now it is being broadcast on PCN, and that's great. You know, I'm happy all these families will be able to get to watch their kids. Uh, but it is going to be a very interesting situation, something that I've never really been part of. Uh, and just, just, just seeing the sight of it is, is going to be interesting. Um, but yeah. Oh, and also one thing I forgot is uh, only 40 players on each team are allowed in. So basically, if you're a junior varsity guy, uh, you won't be dressing tonight. So it's, it's really unfortunate. Uh, obviously, I hope. Uh, Pennsylvania gets this worked out. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not for packed stadiums and you know, everybody being on top of each other and pretending like this is 2018. Uh, but you know, I, I I I do really feel for these parents that, that I really think um, you know if we if we do this right, we can get parents in, keep everybody apart, and and do this the right way. But you know, every obviously every school is different. You know, a school like State College compared to a school like Bald Eagle. You know, there's a big difference in size, big difference in, in, in even team sizes and stadium sizes. It's, 
there's no clear-cut answer for it, uh, but hopefully we can get something figured out before the end of the season because uh, I feel really bad if Bo Prebula's family uh, doesn't get to watch their kid play all year. I believe the governor is going to be talking about this later today. Uh, I hope. Yeah, I believe he is. Uh, oh, talk- good to know. I didn't know that. So I believe he is going to be talking about uh, this later today when it comes to outdoor gatherings, indoor gatherings, the, you know, the, the Snyder uh, family get-together, things like that, which I think is mm-hmm. specifically going to be mentioned. Uh, yeah. uh, so for recruiting right now, uh, where does Penn State stand? For, uh, one area we don't know, it's always in flux, as to how many people are coming back. Mm-hmm. So with the rules this year, everybody gets a freebie this year. Right? In terms of I'm talking about the current players. What does that mean for numbers? Mm-hmm. Well, so we're still projecting 18, uh, which would add five more players. Uh, but I've also been, I guess, stressing to subscribers lately that I wouldn't – put it this way, if I had to pick whether the class would be 16 or 17 or 19 or 20, right. I'd lean towards the, the smaller number. Uh, basically, you know, again, like you said, a lot of things need to get worked out over the coming weeks, let alone by the end of the season. Uh, but – you know, if, if most of these guys, you know, accept this extra year of eligibility, which, you know, obviously the majority of the team will, what will be interesting is just some of the upper class and decide to move on. And that's, that's where you'll get the big impact right. of the numbers. But uh, I, I think this, this situation with the eligibility extension makes it easier for Penn State to pocket a scholarship or two for 2022, especially when you consider that they have momentum there. Uh, when you consider that some of the key positions of need, I'm looking at defensive end specifically, that's a key position of need. Uh, it's really not deep in 2021. The 2022 class is a, is a much different story. And I wouldn't say 2022 is, you know, elite beyond elite and, you know, one of the best 20, sure. or one of the best defensive end classes in, in recent memory. But it's, there's enough, uh, deep talent with Deny Dennis Sutton and Eni White and a couple other local guys that, you know, you could maybe save these these 2021 DN scholarships and push them the next year. And there's other positions too, wide receiver, running back. It, it makes it easier for Penn State to say, hey, look, you know, we're not, on, not as sure on this guy as we'd like to be. You know, normally we'd have more footage. We'd been able to go to a game and evaluate in person. We'd have a camp, camp numbers, things like that. It makes it easier for them not to roll the dice and say, hey, let's, let's take this scholarship or two. You know, we're at, say we're at 16 or 17. Let's take this extra scholarship or two and just push it to next year. So, you know, I, I, there, don't get me wrong, there's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of good talent still out there for 2021. Guys like Derek Davis out in Pittsburgh. Uh, guys that have actually – let me clarify one other thing. Guys that have actually been to Penn State before, that have camped with the coaching staff, that have taken multiple visits. You know, one thing I've been talking to a lot of fans about, they're seeing Penn State maybe pass on four-star rated talent. Guys that in normal years, you know, looks like a great player, and why would Penn State pass? Well, they pass because they don't have reliable information. And, and having a, a reliable 40 time, accurate heights and weights, accurate reaches, all these little things, especially in 2020 when analytics are more important than ever, it, 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 it makes it easier for Penn State to say, hey, look, this is risky. Uh, the kid looks great. You know, what we knew about him last year, he looked great, but we haven't seen him for a whole year. So just not having that information. Uh, knowing that you only have eight seniors, knowing that a lot of guys are going to get an extra year of eligibility, it just makes it easier for Penn State to say, all right, we got five guys in 2021 we love to get. If we get them all, great. We'll get the 18. 
if we only get three or four, that's fine too. We can pocket a scholarship. Right, and that, and that will be all part of this as to how how it works out. Uh, numbers play a big role in terms of uh, how teams get ranked and so forth. We, you know, we know how Penn State has played out with how some of the fours and fives have made their decisions and so forth. In terms of what they have, I mean, the 13 they have, what's the average star rating? Not the, mm-hmm. not the total point number, but where does that average star rating rank against other people? Yes. 3.54, exactly where it has been over the last couple of years. Uh, I believe last year was 3.48. The year before that was 3.52. So you're looking at pretty much 3.5, uh, which is which basically equates to a, a, a few more four stars, maybe one or two extra four stars compared to the three stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you split the class in half, uh, which is great. Uh, that that's what Penn State has been averaging, and that's why I was a little surprised to hear James yesterday be as outspoken as he was about, you know, the, the class and not getting things done and, you know, not recruiting to their standards. Uh, I, I, I Look, you can always point to players. You know, last year you can point to a ton of guys from Brian Bressey to Julian Fleming down to some of the lower lower guys like a Court Williams and, and not, not that he was a low recruit, but, you know, some of the guys that, you know, felt maybe a little more of a long shot but in the end had Penn State as a top three. You know, there there are always going to be top guys you miss out on. You know, this year it's similar, um, but I think maybe it's still fresh to a lot of people that listing out on Nolan Rucci and, and, and some of the other, you know, Elijah Judy, some of the other top PA guys. Um, one thing I'll always continue to stress to fans is that the last two years, and this is talking about Pennsylvania, the last two, the 19 class and the 18 class in, in Pennsylvania were not very good. Uh, Penn State offered, I believe, 12 high school scholarships or high school players scholarships uh, in those two classes. That's very low in Pennsylvania. Uh, now, in the last year's class, those numbers have picked up, and now Penn State has really amped up, um, you know, it's it's not momentum, but amped up the pressure, I guess, on, on college coaches and players to, to start getting more commitment. It hasn't given them uh what they wanted in this class but we're we're seeing that that uh that push really helped them in 2022 of course they already have multiple guys from ken tally to drew shelton to Bo Tribula already committed so it felt like a couple years ago they lost momentum maybe even lost some i don't want to say respect but you know college coaches were maybe hoping a guy or two got an offer for penn state penn state decided to pass now the talent's back in pennsylvania and for the record, 2022 is like literally the best we've seen in a decade as far as four-star talent. Uh, now that that's back and, and they're, they're really making a push with these guys, we're starting to see results for 2022. So to me, 2021 is right on pace with what we've seen in recent years. Yes, you can point to big guys they've missed out on, but you know it still ranks. If we average star rating, it's ranks 12th. You know, they've had two top 15 classes the past uh Two years, I think it's actually four top fifteen classes in the last five years. I believe it is. So you know, for an average star rating, being twelfth is is pretty good. And and if you don't get the twenty commitments overall, your uh, your average star rating is the more accurate representation of a class. Uh, if you have to get the, you have to get the twenty minimum guys uh, to to kind of equal out with everybody else. I, I go all day on explaining that, but, but long story short, in a sixteen, seventeen, eighteen person class. Look at the average star rating, and it gives you a better representation of where Penn State well, ranks to a Clemson, Alabama, whoever. See, that's why I asked. You can mm-hmm. get, you can actually move up your numbers just on points. 
yeah. because of volume. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then, the, then the silly season gets going. It, to me, it's it, you had to go with the averages. And if the averages, because you have a large class and you end up as a top seven, that's one thing. If you have fewer players, you're going to be lower, but your average is the same. That means you're going in the direction you need to go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a safe class. I think that's the most important thing I can stress is – you know, Penn State may not have all some of the some of the top guys that that you know. At one point, guys like myself were pushing. Uh, you know, guys that I thought Penn State was going to land with. But right. what we are learning here, I believe, out of the 13 guys that are committed, 11 of them have camped with Penn State. Now, what does that tell you in a year yeah. where we have no information, <laughs> in a exactly. year where no one camped, in a year where there was no spring evaluation period, in a year where, where we're about to have a football season, and Terry Smith and, and Chiraka and all these guys will not see a single high school game. They right. won't be allowed. So when you have 11 of your 13 commits camped with them, it tells you that this is a safe class. It tells you that Penn State has accurate information on these guys and that they know what they're getting. You know, that, that there's so many prospects that – you know, even guys like myself thought, oh, yeah, Penn State's really after this guy. But what I learned later on was, hey, yeah, we did really like this guy months ago. But as the months carried on and it was difficult to get accurate heights and weight, difficult to get 40 times, difficult to get all these, you know, weightlifting measurements. And, by the way, verified. You know, <laughs> the kids will tell them all types of things, but verifying it is, is a whole different ballgame. Uh, that's what makes it easier for Penn State to move on and say, hey, look, a weird year we know what we you know we believe next year is going to be you know one of the all-time best in our state and in our region let's pocket a few scholarships be happy with what we got and move on we're going to pocket this interview and we're going to move on uh always a pleasure uh great work it's exhausting work that you do and it pays off because a lot of people are well informed because of it I appreciate it. It's a lot more exhausting during the season, but I've never been looking forward to a nine-game stretch of my life. So it'll be a lot more fun in October and November. Thank you, guys. Ryan Snyder, Blue White Illustrated, Rivals.com. We will come back with more in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. Great to have you with us. All right, in the uh, next hour, we'll go through uh, the uh, depression half hour. Uh, Glenn and uh, Mac now will join us, so we'll talk about the Eagles. Um, and then the King will be on, make picks. I have no idea how any of our picks turned out last week. I have them, and I will reveal them when we start. I have one regret. Started to pick Georgia Tech. I changed. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah, it wasn't a great start to the year for any of us last week. And I had Georgia Tech, and I was like, ah, I don't know. Florida State's playing at home, new coach. All right. But that's the only regret. The others picked the Cowboys over the Rams. Eh. All that emotion with those great fans playing at. Oh, I guess they weren't there. (laughs) At SoFi Stadium. Chargers get to go in there for the first time this week. Now they should get used to what they see. (laughs) Actually, no, there won't be Chief jerseys there. I mean, to be honest with you, 
I'd like to pull these people aside. I know you're supposed to be really smart, but really, really, this is the move you made? They're going to be playing in anonymity for years. 